Are you ready? Level Up Daily, the hottest podcast for self-growth. With interviews from the hottest celebrities. Told her to level me up, told her to level me up, yeah. Now, your host, DeAndre Evans. Told her to level me up, told her to level me up, yeah. It's time to level up. Now level up. Yo, what's up, ladies and G's? Much love to those returning and shout out for those tuning in for the first time. I'm your host, DeAndre Evans, and today I have a very special guest coming on. Uh, This guest is not only an entrepreneur, a brand influencer, public speaker, but he's also a two-time Emmy Award winner. You may have seen him on NBC's Today Show, CNN, NPR, or even making special appearances on shows like Steve Harvey or Dr. Oz. He has his very own web TV series called Never Settle Show, which I highly recommend you guys check out that provides the tools that you need to really help pursue your passions and your dreams. He also has a uh, top 200 self-help podcast called Wake Up and Level Up. He had an opportunity to interview and speak with some major players in the business world today. I'm talking from 50 Cent, John King, Spike Lee, and so many more. And today he's here to share his journey and his success with all of us. I have none other than my guy, Mario Armstrong. What's up, brother? How you feeling? Yo, DeAndre, what's up, man? So pumped to be on Level Up Daily, man. This is really good. I'm feeling the vibes. I'm feeling your energy. This photo behind you, this artwork is insane. You got you got the God on the artwork right there, man. Good gosh. For those of y'all that can't, y'all got to get to uh, YouTube, Instagram, whatever. Y'all got to <laughs> get to seeing this video, man. Just don't listen to the audio. You got to see this picture behind D. Much love, much love, man. And listen, I'm glad to have you on. Uh, You know, it's always a pleasure, especially when we link up. Uh, This hasn't been our first time, but now it's officially our second, (laughs) third time. So uh, I'm I'm definitely happy to have you on. I know it's Tuesday and uh, the week is pretty much, you know, getting getting away from us a little bit here going into the weekend. But yeah, typically what I like to do is I like to open up the floor a little bit, you know, to all of my guests uh, and tell us a little bit more about yourself, your backstory and how you got started in the business world. Yo, I got started in the business world just really being hungry, like at an early age. Like, I I think I was the curiosity of wanting to see how things work. And what really caught my attention at a young age was like, yo, people are on television, like making stuff. Like, they were storytelling. They were, I, I was just really like enamored in like, what is it to make a TV show? Or what is it about communication that is so compelling, is so influential? is so uh, gravitating. And so I think from an early age, I was like, man, that's that's it. Like, I really want to be into that kind of space. I didn't really know what the career was. I'm talking like, you know, seven, eight years old. I'm like thinking this stuff through. And then I was watching my dad, you know, my brother and I shared a bedroom in our uh, in this apartment that um, when we were growing up as kids. And I just remember my, ba- my dad hustling on his dream. And his dream at the time, he was like a, a concert promoter. And he was also trying to build like a Motown, if you would, for like Baltimore. Like I'm from Bmore. So anybody from Bmore, what's up? Shout out to Bmore. <laughs> my second home is New York City. All my work is done in New York. Um, so if, if we got any New Yorkers or East Coasters, you know, what's up to y'all? And uh, that's like my second crib. Um, but, you know, while my dad was like hustling for, to like make this dream happen, to kind of build this record production company and this label and these artists, um, I saw him like building it. I would go with him to the studio and I would play around on like the musical instruments that were in the studio, just messing around and not really understanding. Like my dad was building a business. Like I could see these guys getting together. I could see them talking. I would go to his office. I'd hang out, you know, but I'm like eight, nine, 10, 11 years old, like going through this stuff, really just understanding like, yo, my dad is just like trying to, he's doing something and he's making something happen and it's got to do with music. And so all of that just kind of clicked for me in a way. Um, seeing that, seeing the hustle, I guess, of it all. And then I think the thing that really kind of hit me the most when I think back now, what made me where I am into this business world now, business, media, entertainment, um, even education to some degree, um, mindfulness, wellness, entrepreneurship, like all of that stuff kind of included. Um, I feel like watching, you know, that one time when I came home to the apartment with him and we had that pink slip on the door. And like I could read, I knew that was the eviction notice and like to see an eviction notice and know that that means like, you know, we could be put out of our apartment, but to not really understand like, yo, mom and dad have been doing a great job trying to protect us from how poor we actually are. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, so to see him pursuing his dream, my mom was a school teacher, wasn't no money coming in. She was a school teacher. Right. So that was my mom's gig and she loved teaching students. So I think that's where the educator in me kind of comes from. 
Um, and then the hustle and the grind and the strategic vision for yourself comes from my dad. And so when I saw him, like, I remember, like, not too long after getting that pink slip, it was like a cold winter day, and we had to go out to the car and start it up early because he was having car trouble. And I remember, like, he was like, pop the hood, and I'm going to give you this pen, and you're going to stick it in the carburetor, and then I'm going to turn over the engine. I was like, yo, what is going on? Like, we can't even start the car. Like, you know, like, you know, and I, and you know, at the time, man, it's funny because now I look back and I'm like, yo, that wasn't French toast. Like, you actually just gave us toast and butter and you sprinkle some cinnamon on it and put some syrup and you call that joint french toast like yeah. no that's not like yo once i had real french toast i was like this ain't french toast <laughs> this is something completely different what you talking yeah. <laughs> so i had no idea how much we were really struggling because they just it, it, it just, you didn't realize it. And I know a lot of you can, maybe can relate to this. Some of you know exactly how rough it's been depending on your um, upbringing. But we had it poor, man, and we were just straight hustlers. And so watching my dad bounce back, like he went bankrupt pursuing this dream. So he lost it all. Like they went to Japan, they did, they, they did, they did it, but they couldn't break through in the music business. Like they, they got like that little bit and couldn't break through. And I just think seeing that, that, that moment for him and then here's the kicker, man. Like, I'm, I'm wearing a shirt right now that's, that reads resilience on it. And, and I'm wearing that shirt because I really, this word is so underutilized and underrated. And I think I, that's the biggest character trait I picked up from my father. Because even when we were down and out, yo, on a Sunday afternoon, he'd be, he'd be like, let's go and look at some houses for sale. Yo, we just had a pink slip in the house like two months ago. And like the carburetor, like, will the car even start? Like... And you want to go look at, like, he was already not being stuck in his circumstances. He knew innately that there was something else that he could do. He always had a decision, what energy he wanted to wake up with. Even if everything was against him, he knew that he had something that could still push him. He knew he was in control of that decision-making process. And I think that right there, man, once I saw those kind of non-tangible things, really kick in and then to see him have a dream of like no we're going to get a house and then and, and then we moved to another and then we, he did move us to a house got us out of the hood and then i remember like him saying yeah the next one i'm getting a pool in the backyard and i was like what okay and then i'm like <laughs> you know eight years go by and 10 years go by and it's like damn he got the pool in the backyard like so it was this constant repetition of affirm seek believe have faith you're going to get knocked down. That's par for the course. Keep going. Like, I think that's all really what made me into the character that I am today from a non-tangible. And then just really paying attention to what excited me, helped me get into an industry that no matter when it's bad, it still can feel good. Even if you don't enjoy 100% of it, most people can't even enjoy 65% of what they do. There's a lot of people that go to jobs that got to wake up Sunday night or, or Monday morning feeling like, man, my stomach hurts or they got yeah. intensity or they're angst or now they are barking at their, their spouse or they, you know, they're not kind to people. And it's just because they're not happy where they are, uh, even if you get a little bit of that happiness. So I always try to tell people go for 90 percent like their their careers and their paths for you to get to that 85, 90 percent happiness. There's always going to be something you don't like to do, but yeah. I'm at 90% happiness, son, because I really paid attention to my curiosity, and then I researched it, and then I tried, and then I developed, I got my ass kicked, and then I tried again, I got up, and then I tried yeah. again, because I just believed in it. And I just think that that resilience is the one character that really was the thread throughout my whole upbringing. Wow. That's all I can say. <laughs> it's wow. Like people don't know, like know you a little bit better than most people tuning in. And like, I can just tell this episode is going to be amazing already off the bat. Cause now my mind, like I have my set questions and I have my question I just come up with. Mm, and you said okay. something to me that, that really stood out. You know, you said your father was, was driven, right. And, and your, your mother was a school teacher. Now I had this conversation with someone very close to me and uh, we, we kind of try to break it down in two realms. Like you have a dreamer and you have those who are realists, right? Mm, I like wanna, okay. Yeah, I, I want to know exactly, because it sounds like your father was more so the dreamer and say, you know, he's making decisions. He's thinking long term. You know, he's thinking big, you know, even though he saw the, the pink slip, he's like, let's go look at some houses, right? right, like, right. I, I want to know, like, for your mother, in her sense, like, how does she view it? Did you know anything about it? Was she more of a realist and say, you know what, honey, let's. 
let's take it slow or was she a dreamer as well? And she, you know, branch out and push. Oh, man. Yeah. Great question. She was the complete opposite. She she wants stability. She wants security. Um, Being able to dream that kind of dream isn't something that's natural to her. Um, And so, you know, knowing that she was like, you know, being a teacher with a teacher's salary, trying to make ends meet, um, had to be difficult for her to really watch and try to support, you know, raise my son and I, I mean, my brother and I, um, while we're growing up, while he's trying to really like make this dream happen and to kind of really believe in that and stick with him. You know, the one thing that I, I did learn from my mom is like, she's, she stuck through it. So even though it's not natural to her, if you can show your team, and when I say your team, I'm talking about your family, your support system, your squad, your people. If you can show your team, let me even back up. It's not even show, because what I was going to say is showing your team like milestones, even if they're small milestones. Like it, it, it makes it easier for people to not give up on you if they can see a little bit of advancement, a little bit of progress. Mm-hmm. Um, but the bigger thing is, can you actually involve them into your dream? And not so much like, yo, I'm not saying my mom should have been like a VP at the record label. Like, I'm not saying like that. What I'm saying is like, can he say, here's what my dream is. I want to build this music business. I see this opportunity. We're going to travel. We're going to have some number one hit records. We're going to get this thing go. And, and can you present it in a way where you can say to other people that are in your family, in your circle, that really it would benefit you if they give you support and got your back, that you would say, hey, you're a stakeholder. You're like a stockholder in this dream of mine, which is really for all of us. So do you understand it? Does it make sense to you? What questions do you have? What, what things can I answer? What ideas might you have? Like, just don't think you know all the answers because maybe you're the expert in the space. Oftentimes the best information comes spontaneously when you decide to open your peripheral up and be able to allow other things to come in. There are moments when you got to put the blinders on and stay focused, but that's just for productivity purposes. That's not for inspiration and that's not for being understanding and that's not for um, realization and affirmation and being able to absorb it, to to be inspired to do, do something that you may not have seen, but now you can. Like this new show format that I got coming out that I can't talk too much about because it, I can't believe it hasn't been done. And I only got this inspiration because of the pandemic and the lockdown. And I decided like, yo, you've got two options. You can either just try to like focus in on how you're going to adjust and make a pivot, or you can make the adjustments and focus on doing some pivot and then take a break and open up your eyes and look around and then go back in, adjust, focus, and then open back, come back out and look around, see what's going on. And it was because of that constant focus, get some stuff done, make some moves, and then back up, take a look at everything and, and try to sit still to gain momentum, to get a little bit of, of inspiration. And I was like, yo, no one's doing entrepreneurship, money, and mindfulness with this kind of, I'm going to just say sports-themed format. And Mm -hmm. I was like, "Uh uh-oh. Yo, I think everything else got. Let me run this by a couple people, see if I'm just tripping. Is it me? Am I drinking my own Kool-Aid? Am I on my own (laughs) high right now? Like... Yeah. <laughs> did I or did I really bump into something? Mm-hmm. And after like three three calls and explaining it, it was like, oh man, yeah, mm-hmm. okay. So now you know what you got to go work on. So I think you know, being a realist and being a dreamer mm-hmm. has its moments for both. Mm-hmm. Like you can't just be a dreamer and just dream without paying attention to the facts and what's real. You know, <laughs> yeah. you 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 can uh, you can you can think that you're the um, that uh that a virus doesn't exist <laughs> and be out there dreaming and be out there dreaming like nah 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 you know it's it's fine we the greatest game. and then you know you get a neighbor that gets sick you know what I'm saying so mm-hmm. and I'm not making a joke about this because I had two family members that have passed away from COVID so so I, I'm talking about this from like a real uh painful position um and so so I know what that really feels like on the worst end of that spectrum. But I just saw so many people getting so real with the pandemic that it it put them into freeze, not even fight or flight. They, some people ain't even run or try to fight it. Some just got stuck. 
No more distractions. I gotta, I gotta deal with my own thoughts. I gotta really sit still for a minute. I can't go nowhere. I got no. Ah, I'm used to distractions. So now, when you have time, all this self reflection kicks in. Even if you didn't want it to, it kicks in. So yeah. now you question. Yo, am I on the right path? Is this the right idea? Is this partner that I'm living with really a good partner? Um, do I like the situation I'm in? This job that I have, will I even have that? Do I even want that job when I come out of this? Like all these questions were coming up. And I think that's where like you go into reality, mm-hmm. you absorb what I say are the facts, not the opinions. The facts is the reality, not the opinions. That's fantasy. The facts are the reality. And then you dream on top of the facts. And if you can balance both of those, um, I really think that you get. This is why I have a a note on my wall that that reads a quote that I say that says, dream far, but focus near. It's exactly that. Like when I think about it, it's that duality right there. Dream far. You got to see where you think you can really go. Mm -hmm. You really got to push for that. You can't just shoot for your dream across the street. You're going to make that. You're going to do that anyway. You got to go for the damn moon. And if you land on the clouds, yo, you made it further than what you thought you were going to do. So you got to dream far. But then the focus near is, okay, realistically, what do I need to do right now, today, tomorrow, the next day? That's the reality that gets you to the dream. The consistent, the aggregate of the consistent action is what gets you. Oh, but when no one's looking, by the way, not when it's not when you yeah. flexing, not when you're shining, not when you like, yo, look at me. I made no all that hard work to get to that one announcement. And then mm. there's more hard work to get to another announcement. Right, man. I see. See, we, we going to church. We in class. We, we in everything right now. <laughs> Mario, hopefully y'all got your pens and papers out man, taking some notes because we're we going to be talking about a lot. He says so much like like I said, my mind be going everywhere and I'll be having these type of conversations, but I want to stick to like, obviously the core things, but like you said a lot when it comes to the dreamer and reality mindset, and it really comes down to a mental game. And it really sounds like, you know, your, your mother and your father had this, this um, compatibility of understanding each other and say, listen, you dream far. And like you said, you quote back there, dream far, but you know, sitting here and it's like, I'm going to hold us down here. All right. So, so you don't get too away from the reality of things. But I yep. did want to touch on um, something that you mentioned as well uh, when it came to just the quarantine, COVID, not really, you know, not trying to goof around about it, but also because it is serious and a lot of people are losing their lives and loved ones. Like right. uh, during this time, what did you really learn about yourself during quarantine? Oh, man, that's a, that's whoa, that's really heavy because um, so many people, you know, I, I mentor a lot in IG and any of your listeners that need any mentorship, just hit me at Mario Armstrong on IG. I'm always in IG. I spend a lot of time just trying to cultivate relationships and help people out and mentor as much as possible. Um, Cause people just need blueprints and advice and somebody to actually give a damn about them. And so if you don't have a person around with you like that, I, I'm your, I'm one of your guys. I, I'm, I'm your guy. Um, and I say all that to say, like, you know, the, the reason why I'm putting that olive branch out there is because I feel like we're in that moment where so many people did so much deep self-reflection that they could use a little olive branch to help them out. Um, whether it's just to be heard or whether they actually need advice on things that they're, they're faced with and they need to make. And I think for me dealing with that self-reflection, um, was, you know, really a, a powerful moment, man. For me, I, I, Okay. Okay. Initially, before there were two hundred thousand deaths. Okay, before that, in the U.S., when when we were just all scared and we thought this was just going to be like a a, a winter break, like it felt like the blizzard, and you couldn't go anywhere. For those of you who know, you haven't been out of school for a week because of snow. You know what I'm talking about, right? So. Initially, you know, D Nice is doing the quarantine parties. We rocking, you know, you know, versus is happening, like all this early stuff, right? Before they get with Apple and all this other stuff, right? Like all this early stuff was going down. And my brother DJs, and I grew up DJing, so I'm watching him DJ. Like, so it was, it was like this moment where people were just like having this ability to relax for a second because I can't go to work. So my job, my job can't mess with me right now. I get a chance to actually read that book I wanted to read or spend some time with my kid that I wanted to spend or work on that hobby that I've been talking about. I want to work on or research some stuff I wanted to research, like whatever it was that you never had the time for. Now all of a sudden you had the time for all of it right then. I was like, 
yo, this is the best thing ever. Everybody is at ground zero. I'm about to go hard. Like, people don't even know. Like, you mean everybody's home? Yo, I'm DMing everybody on Instagram <laughs> that I've never been able to get to. Like, you can't tell me you're not checking your IG, fam. More than likely, I might get you, right? So, so I was, like, right into optimism. Like, mm. right off the bat. I, I, of course, I was afraid. And, of course, I was like, yo, let's keep the family. Like, the first priority is, like, family safety. But we weren't going nowhere. <laughs> Nobody knew. So I was like, well, I'm not just going to sit still. For, like, a day, I watched Netflix. And I was like, the hell with this. It's time to make this work in my favor. Mm. And so I think looking at a chaotic situation and then trying to figure out how you can be the optimist in that chaotic situation it's really growth mindset, but really what it says is that you're looking for how you can make a bad circumstance better for you. And when you kind of try to wire yourself that way, it helps you deal with the tough times that come to you. And so for me, the self-reflection was heavy. I, once, the opti once, once it started, we really started seeing what was happening, the optimism can fade a little bit because you're like, wait a minute, this is not just uh, you know, a two week thing or now a month thing. Now we're talking about probably six months in the third month. They're talking about probably another three months. And now you look it up and you're like, yo, it's going to be a year. <laughs> like, yeah. and then you're like, so, so, you know, the reality and the dreaming come into play. And I had to get real with my thoughts. And I think for me, the, the most significant thing that happened was it allowed me to actually see how busy everyone else needed to be in order to feel validated by who they are. I was sitting still so much and I'm already used to sitting still. I already meditate religiously. I already have a spiritual practice. Not that I'm great and I'm not that I'm a Buddha, but that I've already put in a lot of time. So when I started seeing people freaking out, talking about, what do you mean we can't go outside? What do you mean we have to wear masks? What you, like just bucking everything. That just let me know that that mind of that uh, individual, they, they haven't worked on that yet, mm -hmm. or, or no one's taught them that they should work on that yet, that they have more control than they think, and their mind and their body is fighting against what they thought was uh, how life should be. Mm -hmm. And so you get these camps of people, I just want things to go back to the way they were. Right. Like, wrong mindset, bruh. Right. Wrong mindset, sis. Like, that ain't it. Like, I just read an article about Variety Magazine. Variety Magazine normally does about 70 in-person events a year. That's a lot. But yeah. it's Variety. It's Hollywood. It's movies. It's entertainment. It's right. all. So they do 70 events a year in person, pre-COVID. -pre Since April up till August of this year, five months. In five months, they did 60 events virtually. I just told you they did 70 in a year physically. They just matched that basically within six months. And check it. 10% of the audience, pre-pandemic, 10% of the audience would show up to their in-person events. Post-pandemic, 43% are showing up to their virtual events. Four times the amount of people are showing up after RSVPing. Like if you would be stupid as hell if you were a Variety magazine looking at your bottom line revenue statements and you'd be like, yeah, I'd be, I'll so be glad when we don't have to do this virtual stuff no more and we can just get back to in-person events where we can get 10% return. Like right. it ain't gonna happen. Like 43% return. So what I'm saying is like, when I was self-reflecting, I was like, I need to work on me so that when the country comes back, when people start to really take this serious, when we get vaccines, like whenever it's going to be a little normal to be out and physically connecting, I'm going to be ready. Mm. I would have read that book. I would have taken that course. I would have gotten that certification. I would have started that podcast. I would have started writing my book. I would have developed my new show idea for the new concept of the Never Settle Show and start figuring out how we can do production on it. Like I want to be, I don't want to, be there when the doors open. I want to be like first in line. Like, come on, open the doors. I've been working. <laughs> I'm, I'm like ready. So yeah. that self-reflection was really more about me observing so much pain and suffering and a lot of other people because they weren't used to having that time to themselves. Right. And then I became more 
more grateful for the fact that I was at a place where I could understand what was being given to us, even though it was a bad thing. I felt like it was given all of us a chance to pause. And for those that did that, I think they really found new things about themselves and got stronger from it. Um, and it also made me want to double down on my efforts to try to help people so that I could help people with their mental health challenges and help those that, that, that are like innately fighting what's, what's real because they want to live, you know, it's like, yo, you just want the blue pill. Like, <laughs> you know, like you can live in bliss and get the blue pill. And it right. all feel good. But like, yeah. you know, now nah, I'm, a, I'm taking the red pill, man. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Don't put me in the mainframe. I don't want to be in that computer program. Like, <laughs> yeah, man. So, yeah. I, you know, that's a long winded answer, man. But there was just a lot of stuff that I wanted to kind of flush out and also just share mm. with people through that through that question, because everybody needed to handle it how they best could handle it for them. And it's not fair for me to judge anybody on how they handle it. But I was just observing how people were handling it. And I could just see a lot of pain and suffering. And so hopefully, you know, more people are taking mental health more seriously and and especially mm -hmm. in our community especially with black men and especially right. with people of color like yo it's okay to talk about the stuff that you are weak about or feel don't feel strong about in fact i say right now that vulnerability is the new currency like mm -hmm. in 2021 the more vulnerable you can be the more opportunities you're going to get and it takes time for you to get there but you got to trust yourself and you got to trust that when you start talking about things that are painful to you other people are going to respect you and you'll find so many people coming out the woodwork like, yo, you went through that too? Yeah. <laughs> and I went, and then all of a sudden you got like a clique, you got a group, you got a squad that like, and, and before you know it, you're climbing out of the situation because you got 10 other people that re relate directly to your exact situation and never knew because you decided to show yourself on the gram like everything is good. That's true. That's, that's a 1,000% facts right there <laughs> and like i said before like i can go on and on i know we can for sure and it's like we gonna have to do another episode i already can anticipate it already <laughs> but Damn, you, know, bro. you know it's like the main takeaways i got from everything you said just now is like us as humans we don't necessarily like change but we want it you know we seek it you know, we want to go from point A to point B. We want to go from poor to rich. We want to, you know, take our right. families from here to here, right? We want to, we want to do so much, but we don't want to change. We don't like it. And I feel like, especially during this moment, especially with COVID, it forced everybody to adapt, whether you liked it or not, yeah. you know? And and one thing yeah. that really stands out is like, and I heard this quote, and I don't know who it came from, and I, and I want to apologize for whoever stated it, but it said, um, in order to change your life, you have to change your life. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, great. So simple, right? In order to change your life, you have ah, to change your life. So it was here, you're know, majoring in minor things, man. Right. Like yeah. Right. yeah, that's like, yeah, yeah. If you want to change your life, you gotta change your life. Right. It's so simple. And that stood out to me. And I was like, wow, if you really want to change, you have to change. And it, yeah, everybody, like you said, was either fight or flight, or some people froze and didn't do anything. And and one thing that really stood out to me, because I can understand it in a certain point, especially when it's new. Uh, right. Because I, I know when I quit my job and went full time as far as an entrepreneur, I had to think I was like, OK, what was I doing at my job that I had to take over to bring into the entrepreneurship world? And the main mm -hmm. thing was create a schedule. I didn't have a schedule Smart. at first. And this is very important for those who are still maybe stuck right now, still kind of fighting this battle. Of like, what do I do now? It's yep. like if, if you're not able to work, you know, if you're receiving unemployment or maybe you are working, but you got more time to do something else, create a schedule that can help you excel within your dream, your craft and your, your skill set. So I feel like just giving out that free information, that free advice can help so many people once you start to narrow down on what you really want and how you can go about achieving it. That's a gem, man, like structure. And look, and I'm a creative, I don't like to be confined. I don't like to be held down to a calendar. Like I'm a creative, I need my spontaneity. I need to be around quotes. And if you're watching this, you see me in a sneaker closet, like I'm around a bunch of color and, a, you know, I like that stimulation. And of course there are moments when I go into my Zen and, and chill out and lights go down and hit the candle and all that stuff. But like, I, 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 for those of you that struggle with structure, it's important that you block something on your calendar. Mm -hmm. Like if you're really good about like doing a calendar and can stick to it and you're not doing that, 
shame on you because that is a superpower for you. Like D is saying, like DeAndre is really, that's really great game right there because that's an overlooked, very easily overlooked thing, especially in a situation where things aren't back to a current schedule or a used to be schedule. And so now you're like, what do I do with this time? And you can easily find yourself hopping on Netflix or binging or doing whatever, or just being on the gram all damn day or TikTok or whatever it is. And so structure and a schedule like we get up around here bro we're up at 6 30 yeah. like we waking up like we don't have to but we waking up like like to me see it's the abundant it's it's abundance over scarcity right now it's like yo what did you have to do before you had to get you had to um go get in your car you had to go for a commute how long was your commute all right i'll take okay well, 45 minutes one way okay so that's an hour and a half each day that you were in the car doing your commute okay you got an hour and a half back fam like, what are you doing with the hour and a half back? But I don't have time. What? <laughs> did you go out to lunch, you know, every single day when you was at work? Did you go spend an hour doing lunch? You, are you doing that now? Are you mostly at home? Like, what you, you know what I mean? So, like, all this time has been, like, reaccumulated. And I think that if you have structure, you use your time as best you can. And I'm no structure wizard, but I do things in blocks. Like, I know Friday is, like, my whole day for creating content. So, I just go all out. Like Friday's my, don't touch me. I'm in content mode. I'm doing, and I got like a new character that I just created called Coach Mario. So if any <laughs> of y'all, I'm going to pull, I'm going to grab my, my new shirt that I just got for it. If any go of y'all ever see this, ever see this dude show up, it's going to be nuts. Like <laughs> I got this never settle football jersey with the stopwatch yeah. and official whistle. And I got a clipboard. If you see that dude show up, the energy you got now is on like 200,000. Like it's, the energy that I'm giving you now is is not even, you can't touch Coach Mario. You know, but you bring up a point that really makes me think of something when you talk about, in order to change my life, I have to change my life. Mm. And I love the fact that you said, like, structure, get a calendar. Like I said, I time block certain things to happen during certain days. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing is we actually get dressed around here. Yeah. Like, I know some people that, you know, they, like, halfway taking a shower or they just like, what do you... Like somebody said to me the other day, they were like, yo, you're doing the most. Like you you fully getting dressed with like fly kicks on and everything. And I'm like, yeah, man, it actually does good for my mental. Like mm -hmm. I'm dressed for the day. Like yeah, there might be one day in a week where I'm like, yo, I might sweatsuit it that day. But I'm I'm not in that. I'm not in pajama game. I'm not in that mode. I'm not. <laughs> I'm yeah. working. son. So yeah. and then another thing that uh, you made me think of is like I have these little what I call pocket affirmations. These are affirmations that I carry with me um, in my pocket, and I study them every day. One of them reads, my behavior and habits reflect the goals I'm achieving. So that goes like right in line with the quote that you were talking about. My behavior and my habits reflect the goals that I'm achieving. So what are you saying, Mark? Like, what are you achieving? Well, if I ain't achieving nothing, I need to take a hard look at myself and go look at my habits and look mm -hmm. at my actions. But if right. I am achieving something, it should be directly related to my actions and my habits. Right, right. One thousand percent. I agree. We got to create a routine, especially now more than ever. So it's not too late, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen. It's not too late. You still got time. You know what I'm right. saying? To get get into that habit, create a habit for you, create a routine, get yourself on track. So, you know, in the next six months, because we really don't know how long this thing is going to play out. Right. You know, j just get yourself in a rhythm and start to build momentum and what you're trying to pursue. Rhythm, I like that. That's really it. Like action yeah. beats procrastination, action beats fear, action beats any, like just people make their action steps too big and they feel like they can't do anything. I, I got a project right now called the personal pitch videos that I gotta get, that I'm, that I'm almost done. This is, so a yeah. lot of these sneakers are what I call tangible affirmations. They're, they're attached to things, milestones that are important to me, certain goals. And I can't mm -hmm. wear these shoes until I hit certain goals. So mm -hmm. I use that as another way to kind of hack my mental because I got to see these shoes every day. And I'm like, yo, I really want to wear these shoes, but I can't because mm -hmm. I still got work to do until I actually get to that project. And I just finished like the next to last step. Mm -hmm. And it's been like over a month getting to this point. And so I'm like right there, I can taste me wearing those joints and I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be super happy when I can finally put them on because that means that that project is actually moving, but it required consistent action in small, small bits. And I think people just get overwhelmed by the project 
that they're looking at for themselves and don't break it down to, they think even the smallest steps are insignificant. Yeah. And honestly, the smallest steps are the most significant. Mm, facts. Now let's let's hop into your show, The Never Settle Show. I know you had your jersey up and had the Never Settle yeah, on right. it. Double zero team, right? Like, let's right. talk about that. Like, what, what is the meaning behind Never Settle Show and how did it come about for you? Man, you know, it came about, honestly, I did a tweet like four years ago. And at the end of the tweet, I hashtagged it Never Settle. And then that tweet just got retweeted like crazy. And people were just like, yeah, Never Settle. So something happened that I tapped into this kind of mindset at that moment. And my team and I, we were trying to figure out what we were going to do because what we had been working on up until that point was we were creating pilots for show ideas that we wanted to pitch. And we were making these pilots and we were being told no. And um, we just, I, I had connections at NBC and I was on the Today Show. Like I was, I was for, for what I was doing at that time, I was like at the top of the game in that space. Like I was the person that would go on TV and talk to you about how to use technology to achieve your goals. And so I was like everywhere, CNN, Today Show, like NPR, like, like all the traditional media before, like this is probably going like eight years back before, like really within the last 10 years, we've seen like social media and YouTube and, you know, build your own podcast and those, that type of thing really start to take off. Right. So now you don't have to have a, a network to, to get you out there. You can do your own thing to get out there. Mm -hmm. um, but at that time you really needed the networks if you wanted to get to a lot of people quick, because we're talking, you know, when I would go on a Today Show, I'm talking five, six million people, like mm -hmm. just for, you know, that one segment, I was popping on like three times a month. So that type of uh, visibility was insane. Like, you know, people see me in the airports, know me, I'd be doing autographs, it's crazy. So I was doing like this technology stuff at that time and <clears throat> was really focused on like trying to teach people how to use that to accomplish their dreams and accomplish their goals. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when, when I think about, you know, where we are like today and how I had to kind of launch the show to get it out there and knowing that I had all those connections and still was getting told, no, we had to make a decision like, okay, we got to do this on our own then, yeah. unless we're going to let someone else dictate my destiny and I ain't about that life. So <laughs> we got to do this on our own. And so we had to figure out like, how much could we spend? How much could we go into debt? Like, what could we really do? And then we decided to put the pilot out there. And the reason why we wanted to do a show called Never Settle was because we felt that so many people needed a blueprint, access, and exposure. So a blueprint, see how things get done to help you, give you the tools and the ideas and, and the pathways. Uh, exposure, show you things that you may have never seen before, like uncover new perspectives, a new angle, a new approach, a different way to look at how you can cut through. And then, um, you know, that advice mechanism, can, can I tap into my wisdom and my experiences of catastrophic failures and big wins? Can I lend some credibility to help other people avoid the things that we ran into? And can I bring some of these people I have access to onto the show to give advice that maybe they would not only share to their friends? So, you know, how can I, if Richard Branson, you trust me, I've been on your island, you know, you've had me out on your island which is, I guess, a slight flex, but like he's actually got an island, which is just bananas. Um, so, but, you know, I'm on his island and there's like everybody else and just me. And I'm mm -hmm. like, yo, you don't let Baltimore into the <laughs> islands. Do you, do you know that I'm like, do you know that I'm a spy for my people? Do you know I'm absorb everything I can get out of this situation? And yeah. I'm taking every gem back to my community, right? And then, but I'm gonna do it in such a good fashion that you like, yo, I love Mario. And then I'm gonna get you to come on my show and you're yeah. gonna share gems with me <laughs> that you would normally only share to like 20 or 30 other people, mm -hmm. right? And so that, that became kind of like my, my goal was like, yo, I'm gonna be a storyteller. I'm gonna help. Um, I'm gonna help my community, and I'm gonna show us that there are new ways of thinking that we can accomplish our goals. And I'm gonna do it myself. So I'm a self. I'm gonna independently produce my show. I'm gonna independently hire my staff. I'm gonna independently get a studio. I'm gonna independently like do the whole thing to prove to you, like, yeah, I didn't settle either, and I got skin in the game as well. Mm -hmm. So you know, it's official. It's authentic. And so. Um, you know, that's kind of like the reason why we really did the show. But when we started, 
And this goes to all you with a fresh idea that you're thinking about starting. It didn't look as pretty as it looks now. Like if you ever go to YouTube and go check out Never Settle Show on YouTube, that joint looks like, you know, it's a major production. It's in New York City. It's in Times Square. We shoot it at NASDAQ Studios, like the stock ticker of the world. Like it's crazy. It's like we got big, ginormous screens. It's it's a CNBC shoot shows out of there. Like it's, you know, it's ridiculous. But our first season? Mm -hmm. My control room was literally in a tech company's lobby and the control, I mean, the, the show is literally in a tech company's lobby and the control room is in their broom closet. Like <laughs> we literally were like pushing brooms and stuff out of the way for, so I could fit like four people in the back to be in a pseudo control room to be able to look at the cameras and give me direction over my, over the IFB in my ear. But we, we, we were told no, like the studios wanted $300,000 and we couldn't afford that. So we were like, Yo, how do we do this? And so I started calling tech companies that I knew had spacious lobbies. And I was like, if we come in after hours, can we use your lobby one day a week at, from, from 6 to 9 p.m.? And yeah. in exchange, I'll give you a shout out for your product in my show. So I'll give you ad space in my show. Mm. And man, after like three calls, <laughs> the third one was like, yes. And we were like, oh. So we ended up having to fold out chairs, put out a fake carpet, um, we had to, to basically makeshift a studio set in, into this tech lobby. And I had like 30 staff members working to make this happen. Like half of them were interns. The other half were on payroll and man, it wasn't pretty, but it wasn't horrible. And the ironic thing about just getting started and just doing it, no matter what it looks like, the ironic thing about it is that's the season that we won the Emmy for. That's crazy. And let's let's talk about that. Let's talk about, you know, how that, that Emmy came about. And also, you know, these big years that you was able to land, like I say before, uh, with CNN, you know, Steve Harvey and all these other opportunities. Like, what was that experience like for you? Please hear me on this. You've got to create your opportunity. No, no one owes you an opportunity. No one's going to be looking for it. The only time they start to look for it, or it's not even they look for it, the only time they actually get to see it is actually when you start to do it. So you put your work out there, you document what you do. Oh, I'm not an expert yet. I don't give a damn. Document the fact that you're trying to become an expert in what it is you're doing. Document that. Show that you're working towards becoming the best chef ever. That you're working towards becoming the best stylist or whatever it is. Like, stop with the excuses of, I don't have any value to share to people, so I don't have any expertise. Therefore, nobody can see you on their radar. You don't pop on their radar because you're not mm -hmm. showing up because you're afraid to show up because you want it to be perfect. And what I'm saying is stop trying to be perfect. That's your ego talking. Stop trying to be perfect and just put your stuff out there. And here's your safety net. Just say, I'm not the expert, but I'm going to show you what I'm going through. Why don't y'all ride with me on this journey? Boom. Now you can make mistakes. You can fall on your face. The recipe could taste like garbage. The hair, the hairstyle can look like crap. Oh, well, we tried that. That ain't work. Told y'all we want to document it. Like it gives yourself creative license to try. And that's what you really need is more attempts to try. Because as you can attempt more, something's going to get hit out the park. You only take a few swings. You're putting a lot of hope and a lot of dreams and a lot of energy and a lot of debt and a lot of time into only a few swings. And so you know, man, I just think that we had to create our own lane. And so what am I saying to you is when I go back and you ask, how did you get on these other shows? The Steve Harvey's, the Rachel Ray's, the, the, the Today Show. Because in my local market in Baltimore, I decided to get my, I said, yo, I'm going to get my own radio show. Well, how are you going to do that? Well, I'm going to call the radio station and say, I want to host a radio show. And then they're going to say, what's it going to be about? And I said, it was going to be about technology and entrepreneurship. And then they said, we don't have anything like that. Okay. Can you do it? And I was like, yeah. Then I find out like they wanted to charge me. Like it was like $600 a week or something. So I was like, yo, I can get a show, but now I got to find 600 bucks. So then I went and found a sponsor. I was like, Hey, company i'm doing this show y'all want to support it and they were like yeah we'll support a few months of that that got me in the game mm. once that got me in the game but you don't even need all that now like y'all yeah. could just hop on podcasts and just start making y'all <laughs> shit like i had to get six hundred dollars a week y'all like i had to try to figure out how to raise twenty four hundred dollars a month to make that dream happen then mm -hmm. so so you know me i'm like yo y'all got no excuses <laughs> yeah. yeah so so the formula that i'm really pointing to is something called from free to fee 
It's mm-hmm. a formula that I use and that people should try to adopt. And it's where you actually seek out opportunities that you do something for free in the in exchange of getting the experience that you need in order for you to later charge a fee. So for me, really succinctly, what that was, was get on radio. Okay, I did that. Now, how do I go from AM to FM? Okay, call some FM stations. Tell them about your AM show. Guess what? When I called the FM stations, I found out they won't even, they didn't even want to charge me. They just wanted the show. Now I don't have to worry about having the money, but now I have an even bigger audience. All right, but I want to get the TV. How do you do that? You take your radio show and you call the TV station and you say, hey, TV station, local market, I'm trying to do some advice like this on TV and I'll do it for free. Wait, you'll come on to our TV, you'll come on to the morning news once a week, and we can call it Tech Tip Thursdays. Perfect. I'll do it for free once a week. Did that joint for free once a week for three years while I had a full-time job. Mm. Why? Because I wanted to learn how to be on live television. I wanted to know what it was like to be in a newsroom. I wanted to know what it was to be editing, what it was to write a report, what it was to do a story, what it was to go live and you only had 30 seconds before you hit a break. How can you get your point said in a certain amount of time? Because I was actually auditioning and conditioning myself for the big time. I wasn't, I was in the local market where I can make mess ups. But what I was really saying is, yo, y'all don't really know. Like I'm doing this for free because I know what I'm getting. But too Mm. many people get their ego tied up like, yo, y'all should start paying me now. You see what's coming. Then your vision's too small. (laughs) Mm. Like my vision was, I'm going to use this to get me to New York or I'm going to use this to get me to LA. I can't just go straight to New York or just go straight to LA. I mean, you could try, but you know, I found that doing this process gave me the credibility and then that is how people started noticing me and that's Mm. why like document put it out there i was posting it like here's what i just did here's my latest segment here's what's going on somebody on the internet from the today show was doing a google search bam i popped up and that's how they ended up giving me a shot wow that's crazy (laughs) and then you get the shot you gotta hear you got to do your M&M. You got to like, you got you got one shot. Like you got to get on there and you got to, you got to, you know, you got to murder it. Yeah, and, yeah. And, we, and if you do, then everything else kind of just falls right in, in line. That's so big, man. And, and I know a lot of people right now listening is like, wow, this dude is a legend already. Walking legend moving out here. <laughs> and, and, and listen, I commend you for, for the strategy, the mindset, mind frame that you was in. Like, it, I know that took a lot you know, to really do, especially you doing things for free for over three years, you say, you know, but you had a bigger, bigger vision. Waking up at 5 a.m. Because I got to, I got to be to the station by seven dressed because I got to be on air by 730. This is morning news. Like the news starts at seven o'clock and then I got to go to my day job by 830, you know, Mm -hmm. on Thursday. So, so yeah, it, it didn't matter if it was snowing or if it was raining or if it was cold as hell, like, yo, you said you were going to show up. You know, so don't take on free work, y'all, if you ain't going to act like it's paid work, because if you take on free work and don't act like it's paid work, your reputation gets tarnished and you're done before you even get a chance out of the gate. Got you. Got you. And I really want to dive into this part. And I feel like this is the the focal point of everything that you're saying is basically it's wrapped around your passion. It's what you're really passionate about, because you say even when you was a young kid between eight and eight and ten, you know, your father had this hustle and drive and your mother was a school teacher. But you picked up just about enough from the both to make who you are today. So, like, how can yeah. people who who don't really know what their passion is, they're, they're trying to find it, you know, how can they go about, you know, narrowing down what they're really great at and finding their true passion? Grab a sheet of paper, y'all. Grab a sheet of paper two columns. On the left-hand column of the sheet of paper, you're going to write at the top of the column what I'm great at. What I'm, great at. <laughs> what I'm great at. And then you write down every single thing. I don't care how small it seems. I'm great at making the best peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. All right, whatever. Put it down. I want to know everything that you feel that you are great at. All right. Then sometimes when we're in our own head or when we're dealing with a lot of self-doubt, we can't be very objective about ourselves. We're not good to ourselves. We beat ourselves up in those moments. So it may be difficult for you to come up with more than two things. At that point, ask your friends, ask your family, ask people that know you, yo, what am I, what am I good at and what am I great at? What do you, just what do you think? Like, what do you see me being great at or good at? And you'll be surprised. Like, they'll start telling you like all types of stuff about you that you didn't realize that they see you as great at, but because it may seem so obvious to you, 
it's not it's nothing great about that. It, it reminds me like that Jay Z moment when he was out slinging drugs, and he could rhyme on the street corner super easy, and didn't need to write it down. And then he, he but he overlooked it. Like he was so gifted. He was so gifted at rhyming, but was like laughing at rappers. Like, y'all ain't making no real money. Drug dealers is what's making the real money. Y'all making silly money. Y'all running around, going around the country, and y'all riding in that little car. Like, these are his words that I'm paraphrasing right now. So I've studied this man. I've studied a lot lot of different people uh, in in our society and culture to figure out how they make moves and what their mindset was like. And it was because he thought that it came to him so easy that since it wasn't work, that it couldn't have any value. And what he missed is that's actually the gift. (laughs) And what you're supposed to do is lean into the damn thing that comes easy to you and really figure out how you can learn more, master it, be curious about it, and go deeper into it because you already are given a head start in that thing. And here's the thing. The thing that could be your best gift could be the thing that makes you the most vulnerable. So imagine him at the time. If he's drug dealing and, and all of this was, you know, clothes and, and, and diamonds and, and cars and girls and all that stuff, and you seeing rappers like Tribe literally riding around in a hoopty, but they on the radio all the time, you know, but they in a hoopty, drug dealers are laughing at him. So how he going to go to the same people and be like, yo, I'm going to start rapping? What? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. how can you even be able to even get support from your team when they are when your team is already laughing at the same people you're talking about trying to become now? So, right. You know what I'm saying? So, so then you get confused and you don't make the move. Fortunately for him, he figured out sooner than later that this was a gift and this was something that he should do. And that this was something that if he decided to really try to learn how to do double entendres and figure that out, that he could actually do that type of stuff. So my, my point is, then you saw how he became a student of the music. He wasn't just rapping. You saw how he became a student of the music. Then you, saw, then you saw him become a student of the business of the music. So, like, we all have that capability. It's just whether or not you want to answer the purpose that's calling for you. He didn't want to answer the purpose that was calling for him. He didn't pick up the phone. Fortunately, he did. So for some of you, you don't want to wait till, you know, it's too late to pick up that phone and answer that purpose that's calling for you. So I just think that, you know, a lot of times when we have these gifts that we all have, when we when we disregard them as things that already make us great, we already miss what could be our purpose or what could give us that alignment. So on that one side of the paper, you're going to write down the things you're great at. and You're going to ask other people because if Jay would have did this early on. So many of them would have been like, yo, you can wrap your ass off. <laughs> so many of them would have told him that. Like, yeah, no yeah. Doubt. <laughs> yeah. But he didn't ask nobody about that. <laughs> he was great at hustling. Like, <laughs> right. so, so then on the, se- on the second column, next to that, what you're going to do, you're going to look at the things you're great at. And then on the second column, you're going to start to think about the careers or the different types of projects that you can monetize using any of those things you're great at. So let's say one of those things, you wrote a list down? You know, I'm writing, come on. You know, I got it. Have you written anything great about yourself yet? Or if not, tell me something great about you know that you know about yourself. Right right off the top, I feel like I have great interviewing skills. I'm a great listener. And uh, it's something that stood out to me. And I was actually told that too. So I I put that at the very top. (laughs) So you knew it intrinsically, but then you got some validation from somebody you respected that also said this to you. So you're like, yo, this is real. I I can hone in on this craft. I have a gift here. My, and it's true. I get interviewed a lot and you're, you're like one of my, that's why when we had to reschedule, I was like, yo, let's do this right away. Like I want to talk to you more often because you are, and at some point I want to get into like a format where you and I both get to talk more, but right now you're in an interview format, so it's a different role that you're playing, but you play that role really, really well. You ask really thoughtful questions. You don't stay scripted. You have the ability to actually listen to the interviewer. And then if you have certain questions, you might try to find ways to get a, a, a nice transition to your question without it seeming so jarring that you didn't hear a damn thing I just said. You just want to ask these 10 questions you got written down. Right. So you're doing your homework in advance. You're doing your research. You're getting ready. But you're also you know, knowledgeable enough and smart and experienced enough to be an intuitive listener to get the best interview for your audience, which is your end goal. And so absolutely. 
So on that second side of the page of the paper, for you, I'm seeing a podcast. I'm seeing <laughs> web series. I'm seeing something in video. I'm seeing public speaking, which also now means you should be writing a book. And if you don't write it, then we're gonna do, you're gonna do an audio book. Oh, okay. Well, just take the interviews that you've already done. Get the text transcribed. Get the audio transcribed into text. Do a little editing. Each each person you interviewed is a chapter. You got ten chapters. Your book is done. Like I so. I can already come up with like five ways that you can monetize and you only told me one. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So yeah. like, this is the mindset that I want people to try to really adopt for themselves to be like, oh, Mario was like, you can create your own thing if you really give your gift the right gratitude and the right respect, put it on a sheet of paper and then think, really sit down and think uh, what careers are out there, you know? Um, is it a, a, a reporter? Is it a, is it a stylist? Is it a social media expert? Is it a consultant? Are you a techie? Like, you know, are you into food? Are you into travel? Like, what is it? And then you start to monetize. Here's how I can monetize the very thing that I'm actually great at or good at. Because most people would be doing something different if they knew how to monetize their passion. Like right. people, that, people have passions and they're like hobbies. It's like, yo, do you have a hobby or do you have a passion? <laughs> like, yeah. oh, it's a hobby because you haven't figured out how to monetize that thing yet. But if I can show you three ways to monetize it, is it now still a hobby or are you going to go all in now? So I just think that, um, you know, it's important for people to really go through that process. And if for, for those of you that need help, I got a worksheet for free that's up on our website. They can just go to neversettle.tv slash tools. And there's a worksheet on there. Um, you just give me your email address and then you get access to like eight worksheets. And one of those worksheets is all about how you identify your passion. Love it. Love it. And listen, guys, I'm gonna make sure I put all the information down below too. Uh, so you guys don't have to worry about trying to rewind this 15 seconds back, 30 seconds back and catch that. <laughs> so don't worry about it. It'll be in the show notes. Um, but I do know that obviously I don't have much time with you. I know we're running out here and I want to respect your space. I know you got a lot going on, but I want to end it off on one last question. Yeah. And this last question, you know, you can take your time to think about it because I feel like this is a great question. Okay. <laughs> you know, right? So the question is, what drives you? What keeps you pushing forward and waking up and leveling up every single day? That my gift is bigger than me. Mm. My right. gift is bigger than me. It's if I don't do the best to my ability to share what I feel is my purpose or my strength and my talent, I'm not only shortchanging me, but even worse, I'm shortchanging other people that could have benefited from some in some way from it. And that, that to me, coupled with seeing too many of my people suffer with their thoughts and their ideas and not have exposure to certain things that I've been blessed to work hard to get exposure to, that's the other thing that drives me. Like equality and wealth and legacy um, for my community drives the hell out of me. I'm gonna be a fighter until I die in, in terms of trying to get information that could be valuable to other people's lives because this thing is bigger than me. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's Mr. Never Settle himself, <laughs> Mario Armstrong. Listen, man, I just want to say thank you so much for, for checking in and uh, re rescheduling and making this thing happen. I really do yeah, appreciate man. it. And uh, it's been an honor. And I, I do want to open up the floor again to you to uh, let people find you, you know, where they can stalk you at, ask you questions, yeah, yeah. look you up. Uh, go ahead and drop yeah, some tags. And, and don't lightweight stalk me. Like, like go <laughs> go all in on the stalking. Like, don't lightweight do it. Like, hit me hard. Like, so <laughs> my, favorite, my favorite place to hang out and build community, honestly, is Instagram. Um, so at Mario Armstrong on Instagram. Uh, I do a lot of lives. I'm going to, D and I are going to be doing some lives. Um, and... Uh, I, I, I comment in the posts. You always see me engaging. Like I spend a lot of time there. I even do, I'll even hit you up randomly sometimes with just audio messages like, hey, hey, what's up? Checking in on you. How you doing? Just wanted to let you know somebody else is thinking about you and sending you good energy today. So like if you just need a little support or if you need real mentorship, hit me up in the DM on Instagram. Uh, the website is neversettle.tv. And then of course the YouTube channel is uh, Never Settle Show. And then uh, the podcast, which we also put out on Instagram. So you can get it in audio form if you want, but it's on Instagram. It's called Wake Up and Level Up. You can get that. And uh, the, the latest thing that would be interesting to see how this plays out is to go follow Coach Mario 
on TikTok. And let's see if we can blow blow Coach Mario up on TikTok and uh, see if y'all like that character. That's He's, he's kind of like a little insane with his motivation, <laughs> but it all comes from a good place of intent and positivity. <laughs> nice, nice. Guys, go blow him up. Go check him out. Go get his content. Reach out to him. Like he said, he's an open book, as you could tell. He's very responsive, very engaging. And again, man, I really appreciate you for doing this. And thank you so much. Hey, D, man, you're DeAndre, you're really killing this game. Um, I'm really thankful and honored to be here. And I can't wait to promote this this podcast, not just because I'm on it, but now that I'm on it, I can start paying more attention to the podcast and start helping to amplify whatever I can do to bring you more listeners. And I just want to leave this with one thing for the family that's listening. Y'all keep supporting DeAndre. Like when you see creators of color doing their thing, you have to show some support. And so that means like the content share the content, go and write a review. Like that stuff matters. It really, really does. And so show some of that engagement. Like that's an easy way for y'all to just show some support for somebody that's trying to create something of value that's that's going to impact other people's lives in a positive way. And then the last thing is, you know, if something is important enough for you to, to go after, you got to do it even if all the odds are against you. Bottom line. Listen, listen, guys, you know, we're just going to keep rocking, keep leveling up. And again, this is Mario Armstrong. Definitely check him out. He's a great guy. And uh, until next time, guys, much love, peace and blessings. And that's the show. Another one in the book. Another one. What is your favorite sneaker you have currently? And what pair would you like to add to your collection? Oh, yeah, right. Favorite sneaker I have currently are the uh, True Blues uh, Jordan 3s right here. These are our favorite speaker, sneaker of mine because um, at the time when I was growing up, I could not afford them. And I would watch other people wearing them. <laughs> and the other reason why it's a favorite sneaker of mine is because it's attached to this particular tangible affirmation, which is my next contract that I'm hoping to get over 225K. So if I get to over the 225K, I get to wear these shoes. If y'all see me in these shoes, you know it's on. <laughs> the ones that I'm looking to get, I really want the Jordan Retro ones. Like I really want red and black retro OG ones. I just need them in my life. All right, all right, next question. What's one thing people don't know about you? Uh, one thing that people don't know about me is that I had, I, I overcame diabetes. Like I had, I was considered a type two diabetic and I didn't want to take that as, I took it as the facts that my blood sugar was high, but I didn't believe that I had become diabetic because of other things that I was doing in my life. And then when I did the research, I found out that type two is reversible if you take certain steps and you be diligent and I was able to reverse it. And so I think a lot of people don't know that about me. I, I intend to talk about that more. Um, and then the other thing I, I wonder if people don't know about me is like, I love puzzles. Like when it's time to like just have some alone time with myself, I like try to get down with a jigsaw puzzle. Last and final question. Who okay. is someone you would love to work with today and why? Uh, Toby and Wigway. Yeah. Out the box, no doubt about it. I'm calling Tony, I'm calling Toby, I'm coming <laughs> for you. I'm coming for you down there, man. I know you down in Texas doing your thing, man. Come on over here to the East Coast and come rocking with me. Toby and Wigway epitomizes to me the independent artist that has clearly identified his passion and his purpose, hasn't wavered on that. And it's very hard to do it when you're in a limelight industry because you can chase trends like Jay Colby telling you, you don't want to chase trends. And so for him to actually be about God and to be about um, his spirituality, but also keep it real with his music and, and call his fans cousins, like their extended family. And then to do this with his wife and his other business partner and, and, and to build something that also has like um, pride in their fashion sense. Like the whole thing is just really, really holistic. And when I look at that from an independent artist perspective, I'm like, yo, there's no stopping this light right now. I don't care what y'all say. There is, we are definitely bound to see this dude get some Grammys or whatever the industry wants to give him. But that has nothing to do with what his impact has already been and what it will be. And so I love seeing people independently create their own thing. So I want to do something with Toby, whether it's putting him on this new format with this show that we got or whether it's doing something else with him. Um, I'm just excited about what he's been able to do for himself. And that gets me pumped to want to have a, some kind of 
partnership or interview or process with it. So, man, I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Stay safe, man. Blessings to you. Keep killing it. And uh, I know you're going to be wearing those shoes real soon. So, hey, I'm bro, that I appreciate for it. that for the confidence <laughs> right there. I need that. I need that Let's little go. push. I need that push. <laughs> Hey, what's up, y'all? It's Mario Armstrong, Emmy winner, home of Never Settle. Get your life in order. Let's go, people. Level up daily is where it's at. Yo, what's going on, gang? Tuning back into the podcast real quick. I just want to say thank you so much for just rocking with me and making it this far. And listen, if this was your first time tuning into the episode, hopefully I was able to bring some value to you, help change your perspective on things, especially amongst this insightful conversation with Mario, where we talked about everything, right? From COVID to finding your passion to uh, being a dreamer or a realist, you know, how to how to really tune in and fine tune yourself, especially during this time and creating a schedule so that you can win when we come out this thing uh, of this pandemic so listen if you enjoy this episode you would love to go ahead and subscribe you can do so hop over to itunes right now search up level up daily leave a five-star rating let me know what you guys thought as i can't wait to read all of them and uh connect with as many of you as possible and if you want you can follow your boy i'm on instagram that's where i live that's my home i usually be there a lot so you can come on over anytime you can reach me at deandre underscore evans that's d-a-n-d-r-e underscore e-v-a-n-s and uh you know let's chop it up let's connect i want to meet as many of you as possible we're gonna keep this ball moving we're gonna keep growing we're gonna keep elevating we're gonna keep leveling up because that's what we do and if you don't know well now you know you feel me <laughs> i'm gonna just keep it brief you know i ain't gonna long win this thing like i normally do sometimes in the past but i'm gonna keep it short and sweet and just let you know that you don't want to miss none of these episodes coming up man i can guarantee you you're gonna enjoy it so again be sure to like share subscribe reach out tell a friend tell your mama tell your dog tell anybody make sure you hop on this podcast man and let's get ready to level up i'll talk to y'all next time much love peace and blessings